Hi, my name is Alex Keon, and thank you for tuning in to Mentor Moments. I've personally been fortunate to have a great mentor in my life who has literally changed the trajectory of my career. However, I know that not every young person will have that same opportunity or experience. That's why I've created this podcast to give you rare access to executives and leaders who will share insightful advice to help you on your personal and professional growth journeys. So joining us today is Dolph Burley, the CEO of Top Golf Entertainment Group, a global sports entertainment company. In his role, Mr. Burley is instrumental in driving strategic thought for the company and rallying the entire brand to connect people in meaningful ways. He has many years of experience as an executive, having previously served as the president and COO of Dave & Buster's, the president of Lucky Strike Lanes, and the COO of House of Blues. Outside of his professional career, he is a dedicated athlete who recently competed on American Ninja Warrior and is the world pole vaulting champion for men in his age bracket. He also serves on the National Board of Directors for the Make-A-Wish Foundation and the USA Track and Field Organization. Thank you so much for joining us today, Mr. Burley. It's great to be with you, Alex. So I always like to start these interviews off by giving the listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit better. So what did you want to be when you were growing up? When I was growing up, I wanted to be an astronaut. My dad was in the Air Force, and it was the most patriotic and bravest job that you could do. And so when I was young, I was really attracted to that idea. And so at what point did you realize you were on this trajectory to be an executive? Well, it, it was pretty much in eighth grade that I learned that I would not be an astronaut based on how I was testing in science. And I pursued history and literature. But it took me quite a while to decide to be in the business world. I grew up thinking I'd be a, a minister or a teacher. That's what I felt in high school that I would likely be. And that's really what I went to college for. And it wasn't until about two years after college, I, I went after college to be a teacher in South Africa in a multiracial school. And I also was on a Rotary Fellowship to receive a master's degree in African history from the University of Zimbabwe. And while I was in Africa, I realized that businesses could have a dramatic effect on the social fabric of communities and countries. And so it was at that point that I decided to become a business person and work in corporations, always with the idea that you could have a positive social impact. Well, I really love that point that you just brought up, and I want to revisit it. But first, I want to just uh, you know, ask for the sake of our listeners, you know, could you share a little bit more about what Topgolf does? Sure. So today, Topgolf is a company of over 20,000 people, and we call ourselves Topgolf Entertainment Group because we're a holding company. And it's a platform company that has five parts. We have our venue businesses, which are all across America and increasingly internationally. We're open in Monterey, Mexico recently. We're open in Australia and soon Dubai. We also have what's called Top Tracer, which is the technology that you see on TV when you watch golf tournaments and it follows the trace of the ball and provides shot statistics. That's a business that we parlay into the driving ranges across the world. And uh, it's an interlinked technology that allows people to play against each other all across the world. We actually had a worldwide tournament last December with 19 countries participating. We also have something called Swing Suites, which is a simulator technology that's the downtown urban expression of the Top Golf brand. And then lastly, but certainly not least, we have a media component to what we do. So that's World Golf Tour, which is an online game that's quite popular. It's also our original content studios where we make uh, original content video series to expand the brand and get people excited. Most recently, actually, we 
partnering up with Will Smith and something called This Joker, which was filmed in part at Topgolf in Las Vegas, will be coming out, we think, later this year. And then there's something called the partnership business, which is corporate sponsors that uh, attach to Topgolf seeking our audience. And similar to what you see with sports teams, we have a number of sponsors. And so we're a company that describes ourselves as being the intersection of hospitality, sport, technology, and also entertainment. Well, appreciate you sharing that context. And it sounds like there's a lot of exciting things going on at Topgolf. So I imagine your position is important for you to lay out the vision for Topgolf as a whole. So what is your process for setting goals? I try to have some number of goals that are within our business and professional, and then very importantly, those outside business. I've rarely found that everything is going your way at the same time. And so the times when our business lives have been the most difficult are ones where I've uh, really gotten some joy out of the personal goals and the family goals that, um, that we've set and that I set with my wife. And at times when the, the human side of my existence is more difficult, then you hopefully are having a better year in business. So I really encourage people not to have all their eggs in one basket and try to be balanced if you can, because if you're happy and if you feel like you're making a difference for other people, then you have a chance of being productive. Well, I like that you emphasize that your personal and professional goals often intertwine and affect each other. I think that's a really important point you just touched on. Yeah, you have to, you have to do that. <laughs> now, I know you also mentioned balance. And one thing I'm curious about is, you know, how do you balance working on your goals and addressing some maybe urgent tasks or issues that may just come up? It's very easy to get overwhelmed by all the issues and topics that come up every day. So what I try to do is I try to make sure that my calendar is between 60 and 70% pre-booked and locked in in advance. And sometimes that's months in advance, but leave enough space that I can actually have time to think and be more spontaneous and then go about making sure that we're staying on track with, with our goals. Uh, the other thing that we do is we have you know, quite a bit of discipline in the company around uh, touching base with the goals that we've set at the beginnings of certain kinds of meetings. And then on an annual calendar, we do our strategic planning that couples with our financial planning. And those are times that we make sure the entire team is grounded in the same set of goals. So some amount of it is ritual and some amount of it is you know, personal discipline. And a lot of it just has to do with scheduling. And now I kind of want to go back and revisit the point you made about corporations being a vehicle for social impact. I think sometimes young people may have the misconception that they have to you know, sacrifice serving their community in order to focus on their professional success. So what would you say to young people who maybe feel that way? And how do you make time for service in your own life? The important thing, I think, is that an individual, uh, any one of us, really thinks about your personal mission and the purpose that you feel that you have on the planet. And if you are clear on that, then it's a lot easier to find a place to work that allows you to fulfill that mission. And ideally, the mission that you personally have and the purpose that you're seeking to fulfill is one that couples very nicely with the purpose of the organization you're with. And if those two things align, then you have a very good chance of A, being successful, but B, 
you know, being happy and thriving in that company. And so, you know, the obvious question is, how do I know what my purpose is? And uh, how do I figure that out? That's actually not an easy task necessarily. And the answer I would say is there's any number of external tools that you can use. Uh, but the simplest one that I've ever heard of is that you sit in a room by yourself with a, a pad of paper and a pen and you write your personal purpose in life or your mission statement and you keep writing it until the point where it makes you cry. And when you've done that, it means that it's gone deep enough for you that it's probably the real thing. So in my case, I believe that I'm here to motivate and to inspire people to do things uh, that they did not believe that they could otherwise do. And ideally, that's also towards you know, a purpose that really has societal impact and generational impact, and particularly for people who are less advantaged. That's, that's my personal mission. Well, thank you for sharing that advice. And I, of course, appreciate your commitment to inspiring others. And, you know, I know our listeners are benefiting from that right now. I, well, we do our best. <laughs> well, now, when you've figured out your purpose, you mentioned it's important to find a company that you know, can align with that purpose or help you further that along. And what are some ways that young people can assess whether a company is a good fit for what they feel their purpose is? Yes. Well, most companies on their website or in their documentation will articulate their core values and their mission. And that gives you a starting point. And then my suggestion would be to read those, understand them. And then when you're speaking to someone in that company, ask them if the company remains true to those values and to that mission. And ask them for examples of when uh, those were tested and then how the company did. And if you feel that you read those, those, that mission and those values resonate with you, and you feel the company has integrity around them, then that's usually a good way to figure out if you're in the right place. And then I know inclusivity is something that's important to you especially. What are ways that individual employees can make workplaces more inclusive just through their own actions? First of all, the value of inclusivity is that multiple perspectives are always going to be helpful if you're trying to solve complex problems. And so what's important is that you really listen to other people and seek out people who have different opinions and who come from a different background or a different frame of reference, could be a different race, could be a different gender, could be a different sexual orientation or, or belief system. And if you really listen to them and understand where they're coming from and why they think the way they do, then you'll learn something. And it's possible that it, with an exchange of ideas that they also can learn something from you. To me, inclusivity is having everyone feel and really feel that they're important and that they have a seat at the table and that there's no person who is less than others in that discussion. And now I want to shift focuses a little bit to ask, in your opinion as a leader, what do you think makes someone stand out or make a great impression at the intern or entry level position? At the entry level, there's a few things that usually stand out. One is, is this a person who fits with the culture and who you can see progressing in the ranks and being a good leader over time because of what they radiate as they talk to people and as they participate? And some, one of the ways that you learn that is the kinds of questions they ask. If you're just starting with a company, 
the expectation would not be that you would have all kinds of answers. What's important is that you're intellectually curious and that you're trying to understand why the company does things the way they do. And if you can do that, then there's a chance that you'll continue to learn and grow and keep learning along the way, which means you can have more and more responsibility. I think what's really important is the quality of thought, the quality of participation, and also being a good teammate. Well, I think some people can conflate asking questions with seeming you know, not intelligent. And what advice would you give to people who maybe have that misconception? I think that it's important maybe for people joining the job force or joining a company to understand how management thinks. And I think there's a misperception often that management doesn't have any tolerance for questions and for people who might seem naive or what have you. What management usually wants, in my experience, are people who are really engaged and in the game. And if there's a manager or a leader who does not want to hear those questions or feels bothered by them, my view is they're probably not a very good leader or a manager. And you should seek out different management to work with because management should care about people learning and growing and knowing what's going on in order for the overall team to perform better. And now I want to talk about 2020 a little bit because, you know, of course, adversity impacts everyone and this has been a year of challenges. So whether you're dealing with something in your personal life or something as massive as a global pandemic, what are ways that you can deal with adversity when you're faced with it? This is a fantastic question in this year. And by almost any standard, 2020 has been a real beating for so many of us. In my case, you know, we had a situation where we had to close all of our venues and we had to furlough nearly 20,000 people. And it was deeply painful to me and to all of us on the leadership team that we were putting so many people, many of whom are paycheck to paycheck, at risk. But we had to take that measure in order to essentially keep the company going. Thankfully, we've now rehired and brought back that whole workforce. So there's sort of a happier ending that we're working on now. But for a time there, it was extremely difficult. And I think what's very clear is that at a time when people are adversely affected in their jobs and economically and in people's homes, I think the things that seem to make a difference are, first of all, really, for me at least, disciplined routines in terms of self-care, because it's very important that you take care of yourself physically and mentally and spiritually, because if you're in a leadership particularly uh, position, you need to, if you're in a leadership position yourself, you have to be strong enough to help other people. And so it starts with self-care, and for me, that's really about good routines. Routines around exercise and meditation, try to eat somewhat carefully and have you know, some minimum level of sleep. So that's the personal side of it. And then I think just as importantly, there are a lot of routines that are important in this circumstance around keeping teams together and uh, helping and supporting each other as a team. Because COVID and Zoom calls can be fracturing uh, for organizations and for teams. And it, therefore, it's an act of will on the part of leaders, I think, to uh, make sure that people are staying connected and that we're helping each other, particularly those who fall on difficult times. And then especially in this time of COVID, when we may not be in the office and in some ways are kind of more disconnected than ever, what are ways that young people can find mentors? 
I think that young people might be surprised to know that there's a lot more people out there willing to be mentors than you might expect. And my encouragement would be for every young person to cultivate more than one mentor. And that would be someone perhaps professionally, another person perhaps more personally, and perhaps you know, still others that relate to other outside interests that you have. Because no one mentor is going to be perfect for every situation. I also suggest that you just be direct and ask people if they'd be willing to serve in a mentoring capacity because it's a, it's a great honor to be someone's mentor. And the third thing I guess I'd say is have questions ready because if someone agrees to play a mentoring role and you've got a little bit of their time, have some questions ready so that you can jump right in. And that likely will lead to a very engaged conversation and someone who gets excited about uh, being a mentor and seeing if they can help you. I couldn't agree more. I, I've personally found that so many people are willing to help the younger generation find success. And that's something that's always been encouraging to me. So thank you for sharing that. The last question I want to ask is, if you could recommend one person, book, or podcast that you think young people could really learn from, who or what would it be and why? I think the book that made the biggest difference for me in the last 10 years is a book called Mindset by Carol Dweck. And she's a, a researcher and a PhD who wrote this book that typically, that, that actually just talks about the mindset that one has and makes a distinction between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset, which is really the whole way that you view life and the opportunities around it and frames how you deal with adversity and puts a premium on the notion that everything that happens is a learning and growth opportunity. And if you approach life with that lens, then you can stay more optimistic and you can suffer through the hard times knowing that there's possibly a silver lining or more that you can learn and gain from them than not. And you have a greater chance of uh, I think being happy because you believe that you are at least living a full life and also growing in such a way that you can have more and more impact. So I would recommend Mindset by Carol Dweck. Well, thank you for the recommendation and thank you so much again for your time today, Mr. Burley. Really appreciate it. It's great to talk to you, Alex. Thank you and good luck with the podcast. Thank you all for tuning into this episode of Mentor Moments. And I hope you'll join us on the next episode to continue your growth journey. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram at My Mentor Moments.